Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1500. Yes, episode 1500 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday, and I'll be joined momentarily by my friend Tyler Jones, fan favorite, friend of the podcast, always a great guest to have on any time of year, especially when it's uh, certainly a lot, of, a lot going on in the NBA world right now, and the NBA draft is only a couple days away. Also, at the top of the podcast, I should tell you to subscribe to the show and make us your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Also, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Follow my Patreon work, patreon.com slash BT Roland. You know, it is draft week. There is a lot going on. Nothing has risen to the level of a five-alarm fire just yet as I record this podcast. There are some rumors that we'll touch on a little bit with Tyler, and I've aggregated a lot more touch on in our final episode before the draft or if anything, anything else happens in the next couple of days. But first, though, a lot of stuff already in the archive that is definitely still relevant to listen to. In recent days, I've talked to Glenn Willis numerous times about the entire state of the, of the Hawks roster, including a two-part episode on Monday about DeJounte Murray. I talked to Ben Pfeiffer about the NBA draft, Richard Stamen about the NBA draft, Zach Milner, Mark Schindler, Brian Schroeder, all the way up and down the roster when it comes to uh, fantastic guests talking about the draft. So catch them on that stuff right now in the archive. And please share the show with a friend in your life that happens to be a Hawks fan. If they don't know us already, it's a great time to go ahead and jump on board. All right. So with all that out of the way, we'll have the intro. I'll be back with myself and Tyler Jones talking about the state of the Hawks as well as the NBA draft that arrives just a couple of days on Thursday. You are locked on Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm joined once again by friend of the podcast, fan favorite, general connoisseur of the basketball space, Tower Jones is back. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey Brad, I got I got a question to start us off. Um, <laughs> Always. So, are the Braves getting seven All Stars or nine or ten? How many? How many? Uh, ooh, I, without looking at it, I think yeah, eight or nine, probably. Yeah, eight? I was because I think it's I think it's five position players and. <laughs> Maybe I always believe, I always believe in Orlando Arcia. I always believe I didn't. I didn't Arcia believe. Arcia has made us all look like dummies. I was like, I, I did. I did not believe. I, all I, it's I out thought they well. were. I thought they were doing the you know the <laughs> manipulation thing, and then it's like, no, Arcia is just the best shortstop in baseball. Apparently, Appa- apparently he is. Uh, we're off to I, a rousing start as as always on this podcast. We don't. You know, I'm sorry, Brad, but are, are the Braves cheating? Like, what, what's going on, man? They they're winning a lot of games. The basketball. I mean, but they they did crushing baseballs. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, of course we could. I, I don't, I'll do more of this on my, on my actual Brave show, but uh, yeah, I mean, part of it is they play the Rockies, and the Rockies are oh, yeah. the worst pitching staff in the league, so that's probably part of it. But yeah, they're they're really good. The Braves are good when they're good, man. When everybody's dialed in, it's it's pretty scary. They don't have a lot of weaknesses. So, um, I guess the ostensible purpose of this podcast is just to sort of do a pre-draft check-in. The draft is this week. We're recording this podcast Monday evening. I think the podcast is going to go up pretty soon after we record it so no delays here we, this is the time of the year where you can't really hold podcasts because things change nope. so uh we're in that space um you know we'll get to tower's thoughts on all things when it comes to the draft and where the hawks are 15 and 46 i do want to start with a kind of a a, a rumor a sign i'm not even sure it's a rumor maybe it kind of is but there's been a lot of talk um and i'm less concerned about the about the trade that was the reported trade that apparently has cooled that jake that jake fisher reported with dallas about 
Collins and 15 for Bertans and 10. That seems to be not happening based on what it's been talked. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. We can if you want. But also there's this there's this wave of Derek Lively interest um, that's been reported by people like Matt Moore and Mark Stein and, and Jake Fisher. Um, and I think that I think it's kind of real. I don't know how real it is at this point in time. And for those of you who may not know this, Derek Lively is a center, um, a pure center, seven footer um, out of Duke. Uh, another in the long line of one and done Duke guys for the Hawks. But I look I, behind the curtain. I took him for the Hawks in a mock draft on this very fee on our Lockdown NBA mock draft. I took him. That was a few weeks ago, and it was kind of the way the board broke. He fell to me at 15, which I think is a crucial aspect of this. He fell to me. I did not trade up for him. I took him at 15 as the best player available. And I noted that, look, this pick make, makes less sense if they don't trade Clint. But if you think they're going to trade Clint, I understand at 15 overall. That's a long preamble. What do you think? Because, you know, I'm sure you've been watching Derek Lively and you've seen all the chatter. And I think that's probably the most buzzy topic right now. And we'll, and we'll get into everything else after this. Can you like a basketball player, but also have like, so my guy <laughs> last year was Walker Kessler, right? You, you were right. That you was, right. that was, that was my guy. Like I was, in, I was on him. You, I'm not your old long, long lost UNC fan. I'm coming to the forefront with Walker <sighs> Kessler. It was great to see. Yeah. I, I always knew since I watched zero of his games at either <laughs> UNC or Auburn that he was going to be special, but no, but like, uh, I don't like Derek Lively nearly as much as Kessler. And I understand, uh, I understand, like, the appeal. He was really good defensively. Uh, and you've noted the second half of the season, he kind of yeah. figured some stuff out. And, like, he really became, like, a truly, like, all-encompassing defender. My questions are, this is a very deep draft. And it's a deep wing draft, too. Yep. And the Hawks' wing rotation is, uh, let me check, uh, bad. It's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they're interesting players. Like, they're like I like Bogey. They brought some good stuff to the table. Um, AJ Griffin's young and and like he he should be better, but like in in relation to the other good teams in the NBA, like the Hawks' wings are just uninspiring, and uh, like they don't have a starter quality wing on the team. That's proven. Like they just don't. Uh, and so I'm like, uh, you know, maybe you know draft a wing or draft a guard since. Uh, we have no backup point guard and DeJounte Murray, <laughs> that, that experiment, like I was banging the drum all season to stop with the, uh, stop with the split time between Trey and DeJounte because it was not working and they needed a backup point guard. So like to take a center, especially a center that maybe he can shoot. I'm skeptical just because he didn't do it in a game setting and like, his shooting won't come to the forefront. Like Derek Lively, if he ever shoots, it won't come to the forefront for a couple of years. Like, yeah, it won't come to the forefront. And also, you don't need a center. The Hawks, like it's it's the it's yeah. like we talking about we talk about this Hawks team. Their big man rotation is good. It's consistently been good throughout since basically since they got Capella and Congo, and then they added Jalen to the mix. Like. They have a good big rotation. Right. This what this sounds like. What this sounds like. Uh, and this reminds me, I don't do you remember back when uh Cameron's last year before he got traded? Uh that draft, there were there was talk about the Hawks wanted to reset quote unquote the rookie scale contract. 
because mm-hmm. Cam Reddish was up on extension. They wanted to trade him for, I think, the kid from Stanford. Uh, they trade up in the draft in the lottery to, to pick him, which would have yeah. been interesting because they're kind of similar in their flaws. But, like, this this is kind of what it feels like to me, where it's like if the Hawks were to trade, because I feel like Derek A, he's got he's got a lot of juice that where he's probably going to go in the top ten. And so you're going to have to trade up to get him, which means you're going to have to trade an asset. Whether whether you think that player is good or not, the Hawks are going to have to trade somebody of of real quality who's a good like NBA starter on this team to move up five spots to take a guy who on his rookie scale contract is going to be coming off the bench every game of his career, every game of his career. So I'm like, it. it I'm not. I'm not even saying it's bad to do that per se i'm just saying this feels like a very cost-cutting similar to kind of what the hawks did with kevin herter where you're you're trading for a downgrade in talent or or not not necessarily even talent in this case but like able production at the nba level for the upcoming season like you're you're trading down to really to kind of save money because like i don't see a scenario where Derek lively is a better basketball player like I, I or or Onyeka Kongu, so I'm like I'm I'm taking somebody regardless of who you think is going to be a starting center going forward. I'm going to take it. I'm willingly going to take another center who I don't think is better or can supplant the guys I already have in my, on my team. That that's where that's where I have a little bit of a disconnect. I it, I don't know, Brad. Maybe you can talk me in or out of this, but it's not it's not like it's not that I'm out. I'm just I'm just trying to explain like it. Couldn't we use isn't this the opportunity cost to get if, if we're going to trade up wouldn't you want to trade up for a wing like that's that's my i think that's my biggest thing like wouldn't we want to trade up for the position of obvious need or or a guy who can stay in front of his man at at the point of attack defensively i i mean i guess that's you know i, I don't know maybe maybe that but i, I don't know you you tell me like it like he <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna have to be able to shoot. That that's it. And I'm I'm just skeptical. Like the man had like a what a, a below ten percent usage in college. I don't know, man. That's I think fans are gonna be really mad at Derek Lively his first couple of years just because it's gonna be a struggle for him offensively. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's very easy to become everything everyone needs from you all the time and never take a moment to actually think about what you need from yourself. I'm guilty of this for sure in the midst of juggling all kinds of things and a million different work commitments, family commitments, etc. We spend all the time giving. It can sometimes leave us stretched pretty thin or even burned out. Therapy can give you the tools that you need to find more balance in your life and part of that is being able to support others without actually leaving yourself behind. Therapy is exceptionally helpful when it comes to learning coping skills or even setting boundaries. It can also simply be the best version of your possible self. And if you thought about starting therapy at any point, I recommend starting with BetterHelp and giving it a try today. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and they will match you with a licensed therapist right now. If you ever want to switch therapists as well, you can do so with absolutely no charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, you can also visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get a 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. One more time, BetterHelp.com slash NBA. couple things. When I set it up, I made sure to note that I think trading up for Derek Lively is different than if he fell to you at 15. And I mean, the, I, rumors, I, the rumor was trading up. That's uh, and I, I, and I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly because it, it seems like Derek Lively is going to be gone at 15, which 
not surprising at all. He's a pretty interesting prospect. Um, I'm with you generally speaking. Number one, I don't, I don't really think trading up is the best course of action in a vacuum. I'm not saying it's impossible to do a good trade up because it is, it's possible, but this is not a draft where I'm look, I'm looking to trade up probably if I'm the Hawks because of the nature of this draft. It's kind of, it's kind of flatter in some respects, not in a bad way, but I think guys are closer together. There's not these huge tier breaks, but if I was going to trade up to your point, I, I would be looking for a perimeter player uh, more, more than a center. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say, like, you and I are pretty high on Yeka, which I think is – that's maybe part of this. Um, I think that he's going to be a long-term starter. And that um, if you didn't believe that, like, some of the more pro-lively things that I've seen from maybe, – maybe even from Hawks fans are almost, like, not quite believing on Yeka as the guy, whether they think he's too small or the whole thing doesn't matter why. But maybe that's what where it comes from. If you think, like, Onyeka is the guy, you don't – I don't think you need to move heaven and earth for Derek Lively. Would it be nice to have a seven-footer alongside Onyeka just for utility's sake? Probably, sure. I've argued that if you move Clint, and eventually I think they probably will at some point, whether it's now or later, you're gonna whoever your backup center is probably needs to have some heft to him just because of the way that Onyeka is. That, that's not that's not a problem. And this is nothing. Does Derek Lively have heft? Well, like, that's I the like, thing. yeah, he, he's. A I like him in. I like him in space. I like how he uses his length to contest shots. I'm worried about the physicality of the sport. Yeah, he, he's not playing – right now today, he's not particularly physical. And I, I wonder if that is because he was a top five prospect in this class and used to be kind of seen as more of a not, – not necessarily a perimeter player, but I think there was the thought that – you talked about it earlier with his shooting. There was a thought like almost like – you know, you remember the James Wiseman talk pre, pre-arrival pre where it was like there was this notion that he could play – I'm not saying anything about James Wiseman, but you know what I mean? There was this talk yeah, about him being yeah. a perimeter guy and how he can create on the perimeter and shoot and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that Derek Lively is James Wiseman. I'm not. But it was a little bit similar in the way they were talked about. Whereas Derek Lively, I think in the second half of the season, you brought it up earlier, and I said it before, that's when he kind of became a prospect again because he didn't have – he had a pretty bad start to the season at Duke. And – he was a you know an eighteen year old who was not ready yet, and once he got dialed in, it was because of his rim protection and the way his defense really, really, really shined. And it helps to be you know seven one with a seven whatever it is wingspan seven six whatever it is. But yeah, he's not particularly physical right now. Like the hope would be as he gets older, he'll probably fill out a little bit and get stronger. A lot of guys who are seven feet at eighteen nineteen years old are not physical. But you're right, he's not physical right now. So that's that's one thing there. Anyway, I. So there, are, there's nuance here. I, I, you sound like you're not closing the, the door on Lively, and I'm not either. I I'm have not, a hard, no. I have, I have a hard time. I mean, we should give the caveat because with new listeners, Tyler and I both like John Collins more than everyone else does. Um, I am higher on Clint than Tyler is, but I think, as you just heard, he talked about Clint in a pretty positive fashion a second ago. He's like a guy who's a proven entity. He's a really good player, and he's flawed, but he's he's a very good player. Um, so that maybe informs us because. The way it's been reported so far is one of the ways to maybe move up is that Dallas pick. And you said it, it's kind of like, you know, the Herder trade it's, comparison. That, is gonna, that trade, <laughs> that trade is such a clear cost cutting move, like, but it's oh, better disguised. It's better. Right, disguised that, that's that's what, I, that's what I'm getting. That's exactly. That's hundred percent what it is. And now I was yelling from the rooftops the day of the Herder trade. Whereas people were pointing to the first round pick, I was pointing to this is obviously a luxury tax ducking move. And, and it was. We all know, I think everybody that has eyes has now seen that that's what it was. Now, the cover was the first round pick. And if they get that pick, the deal doesn't look quite as bad. But it was a in the moment, 
make your team worse to save money trade with a little bit of a carrot of a first round pick. This would be the same thing. No matter how you feel about John Collins, even if you are really low on John Collins, which we are not, but even if you are, I think it's pretty obvious he's a lot better than Davis Bertans at basketball. So you would be making that move. Yes, you jump up, you jump five spots in this draft, but I think that five spot jump from 15 to 10 in this draft is not that big of a jump. It's just not. And then obviously you're downgrading in talent. The big thing is the cost savings. And look, I've done the whole thing before. If the mandate from on high, and when I say on high, I mean Tony, to the front office is I'm not paying it again. I hope that's not the case, but if that's the mandate. Paying it again? Paying it again? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to pay it, period, oh, okay. again. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, if that's the mandate, and look, if I'm a Hawks fan, I'd be furious with that, but that might be the mandate. Now, this is what this is a way to do it. I'm not saying it's the right way to do it, but you're going to have to trade somebody that makes real money to get under the tax if that's the mandate. That's the whole thing. I will say it could be less to give wrestler a break. It's the one time I want to give a billionaire a break in wow. my life ever. Okay. <laughs> it could be that this is the best deal we can get so that we can free up a Congo offensively so that he can be his best self as an offensive player. Because I do think there's something to the point that. Akongu both needs to be starting alongside Trey Young and he needs to play alongside shooting so that yeah. he can get – you can maximize his game offensively and where you pair him with John, while John's an okay shoot – like I still believe in John Collins shooting. Like I you know, I think he's going to bounce back and have a good shooting season. You probably want more of a like natural shooter at that position, a Sadiq Bay yeah. type. And it, ta- and it takes multiple moves to get there. And just for – anybody who hasn't seen this um, – the reporting basically said that uh, it seems like the Hawks were maybe more in on that Collins transaction than the Mavs were, but the Mavs want Capella instead of Collins. And by the way, if you're Dallas, I think that actually makes sense. Well, I like John a lot. I'd rather have Clint for Dallas. If I was here's my, here's my rant. Here's my rant. Like, and I don't like that. I'm doing this with, with a rumor that may or may not like, <laughs> right. whatever, it's but a like very soft rumor. the counter, the counter to be like, okay, Capella and 15, and you, I taking back Bertans. I'm like, I'm not doing that. The, and there's no, there's no way I'm doing. And, and I said that when it first came out. I'm, I'm like, like Dallas, respectfully, Dallas, respectfully. You have nobody as good no. as the Hawks three bigs that, you know, as good as Collins, Capella, or Kongu. No, and they, you they know you they know they're doing that, a favor. You have not had a good like that type of big since Tyson Chandler. It feels like since they let Tyson Chandler go for nothing. They have not had that, and that, that's no. the guy Luca needs. And so the Hawks, so this that, idea that the Hawks are just going to give Capella because he's no. a come on, like Capella's on a yeah, Capella's no, on a that's, quote, better contract, he, and he's that's on, what I'm, that's he's what I'm a saying. More that, natural center, right? The thing is, that's not happening. I, I I agree. Plus, you know, I'm not. I'm sure you saw it. I want to just I'll just note it again. And every reporting I know from Mark Stein, who's very very good at his job, every mention of Capella is like Trey Young favorite Clint Capella, which I've been saying forever and ever and ever and ever, but Trey really likes Clint. And you can, I'm not saying that you have to think it matters, but for the team, it matters. And that's why Clint's still here right now. It's a big reason. I'm not saying it's the only reason why. It's a big reason why he's still here. Anyway, uh, no, that rumors, we don't have to go quit, wait, wait on the line on that, but it is just notable because that was the mechanism that's been reported for them to trade up. There are other ways yeah. they could attach that, let's just say that Kings pick, for instance. If they wanted to go 15 in the Kings pick, that might that might get you to ten, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. Not not much higher than that. It might it might be more like eleven or twelve. Like I think people, um, 
underestimate the cost of moving up in the NBA draft. Yeah. It, it does cost a lot. Um, like on the flip side, some of the trade down scenarios, like I think that I talked to a couple people around the league, like a pretty natural trade down scenario is 15 for 21 and 22 with Brooklyn. Yeah. And that might seem like a lot, but that's kind of what it costs to go up six, seven spots in the NBA draft in the first, in the first round, second rounds, wild, and, wild west. But yeah. and with, and with, you know, a ownership, clearly not wanting to pay the tax and two with how the new CBA is, that might be beneficial to get two rookie scale guys in a good draft. Like it's a very good draft. Like there's a lot of talent in this draft. Like if you can get two good, like rookie scale contract guys at 22 and 23, instead of one at 15, that might be, that might be something to really think, to think about because there's no, like to me outside of like the top seven to eight, I'd, think I, I i gotta redo the the names again but like outside the top eight like everybody's kind of fungible um yeah. maybe top nine with below um included but like everybody else is kind of like i can take them or i can't like it's not gonna end the world like i like case and wallace but uh like if he's the, if he's there at 12 i'm not trading up to get him Today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. We're always throwing money at something, school supplies for kids, new house projects, the list goes on and on. It's time to spend that hard-earned money on something else that actually brings something back to you in return, and that means Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every single shopping trip that you do. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items across the board. You can link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average user with Ibotta earns $120 per year in real cash back. That covers a lot of different things, shopping trips or maybe even just cashing out to purchase travel or go to a game etc have a fun night out all kinds of options with ibotta and you get real cash back not points other apps actually go with points and with ibotta you get the real cash back you actually track it in real time as well you can earn cash back on hundreds of different online brands and retailers as well when you start with ibotta that includes places like lowe's and macy's sephora best buy and more and right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying ibotta by using the promo code locked when you register Go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app right now, and use that promo code LOCKED. That is I-B-O-T-T-A, Google Play or App Store, and use that promo code LOCKED. Check out Ibotta today. I want to dig in there a little bit because every time I mention a trade-down scenario, you can imagine the response from some fans that just, they don't want to hear about They don't want to hear that. No, fans it's, it's not, hate it's, a trade-down. Oh, hate a trade-down. Which Oof. is fun, and I, I, get, I get why, but I think this team in particular, you mentioned the biggest reason why that makes sense in a lot of ways, other, other than... I agree. This is kind of a flatter class. Again, not in a bad way. It's a good class. It's just that the gaps are not huge. And then getting multiple rookie rookie scale cost control pieces for a core that's very, very expensive is very helpful when you're admitting, like, I think we have to re- live in reality and know that this is an ownership group that even if they end up paying the tax, they're not going to go super duper in. They're not going to go super duper in ever. I don't think. So those two things. And what I was going to ask you about was on my list actually to ask you about is like, there's this notion that whoever they draft this year is just going to plug in and play right away. Case of Wallace is a good example. So Case of Wallace, like I like Case of Wallace a lot. It sounds like you do too. Yeah. I'm a, I love Case of Wallace. Like he's one of my best case scenario guys for the Hawks in this, in this range. There's this, people are talking about him. Like he's going to come in and be their seventh man. And it's like, guys, he's not, he might play because he's a first round pick. He's not going to positively change your cult. Like AJ was outlier good this year for a pick in that range. And he was their ninth or 10th man for most of the season. That that's what happens uh, on a good, on a team that's trying to win rookies don't come in and positively change your life. They, they don't generally do that. And again, AJ fell way too far. We agree on that. He was a much better talent than that. And yeah, that worked. But I think the, the, the gap between 15 
and 21 in terms of like NBA readiness is not going to be a big gap. Like no. it's not going to change anything. And that guy's not going to play. I mean, it, the way that I would frame this is the, the pick this year, let's say stay 15, no matter who it is. This is, it changed a little bit based on who it is, but no matter who it is, they'll play more than Jalen did two years ago because Nate's not coaching the team, <laughs> but they'll play my, less, but they'll play less than AJ did last year. That's yeah. my, that, that's like, my general understanding. Um, uh, the Hawks, and I, I've done the exercise cause I, I, I wake up and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta try some new trades in the trade machine. You know, just gotta <laughs> get, that's how, that's how you get the brain working to get ready to work. Um, the Hawks could trade their entire front court, like Hunter Collins and Capella for like other bits and pieces. Plus, you know, tax savings for, for, for wrestling. <laughs> uh, and that rook and the rookies that they take with whatever pick they have still won't play. It still won't play. You people gotta understand. Sadiq Bay, Jalen Johnson, AJ Griffin, Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's four guys I just named. Who are one of them wasn't even a staple in the rotation, right? And none of them were you know? starting. And, and I didn't. And I didn't list Okongwu. I didn't, I didn't right. list him because he he might be starting. I didn't list because he because so, he be starting right exactly. Yeah. No, so I'm like, there, there's there's no minutes. There's no and they're not gonna they're not gonna give the backup keys, the backup point guard keys to a rookie to run the in an NBA offense. That would no. be not on a, not on a team that's trying to win. Trying and that's to the win. thing. It's important to, to note win. again. This is a team until we see something different. They are trying to win, and you can argue, and I have, and we'll debate on what, what they're doing is what they're doing is correct and how they're approaching it and all the moves. But end of the day, they're not in step back mode right now. Like they're not there. Um, I know they've been in the play in two years in a row. It's been very disappointing, but for everybody internally and externally, but they're Playing not in chance. a place where they're they're not going Washington right now. Like they're 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 still trying to get better and win. Hold, they're not going to hold on, Brad. Put put respect on the play in. Carl Town said it was more impressive than winning the uh, title. Carl Town. I mean, all. Uh, how do I say this? There are lots of Hawks fans that always want Carl Towns. I encourage you to watch that interview if you still want Carl Towns. Anyway, uh, no, it's it's a mess. But before we round this out, and we'll we'll talk about more prospects in a second. I, I've I've said before, it's harder than people want to understand that it is to trade. I understand you can get in the trade machine and do it. To trade your whole front court is not an easy thing to do. It's just not. Oh no, like, it's you difficult. can. You, you can do it's it. It's hard in the trade machine. It's hard right. in the trade not, machine. I've tried. I, I, I understand that. Fans, like, look, I, fans, trust me. The amount of DeAndre Hunter trades I've, I, I've tried. I was going to leave it alone for now because that's, that's a different podcast. But look, whether it's – and I feel like every every Hawks fan – and not, I'm not even – I'm not poking fun or being negative. Every Hawks fan has the guy in the front court that they want to trade. For you, it's Hunter. For a lot of people, it's JC. A lot of people, it's Capella. Like, it is what it is. I think one of those guys will get traded. Maybe more than one. We'll see. But I will be surprised if all three are traded because that's just hard to do. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's – for me, the biggest thing about this this framing and that the trading up thing and all that, whoever they draft – and Landry kind of said this. Look, Landry is good at GM speak. He didn't really say a lot in that interview on Friday to the media. I was there for it. It was fine. But one thing I do believe is that uh, he mentioned upside a few times and – I, that's not that there's not a man that's going to be drafting for this coming season you don't draft no. for the rookie for rookie year you draft for year three year four and it might matter rookie i mean it, it's nice to have a guy that can play a little bit for you early on but that's not that's not why you take a guy ever aj and same thing jalen same thing they were not those not those are not short-term draft picks those were long-term yeah. draft picks. and that's why that's why like i know i sound like i'm down on Derek lively i 
I believe in the talent, and I think he's going to be a good player in this league. I just think on this Hawks team, as currently constructed, as as we <laughs> currently look at the yeah. landscape of the team, it, it's going to be tough for him to get consistent minutes because, like, I mean, Jalen Johnson is on the team, and he's and two years, really and two years ahead, and two years ahead of him in, yeah. in development. All right, that will do it for part one of this two-part episode with myself and Tyler. There is much more to come, so please check out part two. It should be available in your podcast feed of choice right now. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend about the show. Follow us on Twitter, etc. And we'll see you all next time.